Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. Today is December 13th, 2023, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson. I am your co-host. Last week in the pick section, I was eight and six. Eight wins, six losses, eight out of 14. I didn't pick the uh, Thursday night game because we didn't have a chance to get that out, but I probably would have lost that one because I think I was going to pick the Steelers on that. But <laughs> eight and six, I'll take it. Well, the bias plus was 45%. Under 50%, yeah. Oh, that's rare. Well, you know, people came out of their, what's the word? Um, out of what they had normally done. They're normal. They came out of their normal. Think about the teams that won, like the one you got on your head right there, you know? coming out of the normal so that's okay you know we I picked them to win i know you did and know you did and that that you know that would be one of the reasons why your numbers should be a little bit better because you went against the normal and it made you know and it worked out so we'll talk a little bit more about that um a lot of stuff happening 16 games uh this is week 15 right 18 15 of 18, which means we have, what, three weeks left to the season? Three weeks left to the regular season. No more buys. Everybody's playing. And as far as I know, no one has been mathematically eliminated from a playoff spot yet. That is true. But that should probably happen this week. We'll start – We'll start seeing teams become eliminated. Well, no, actually, I think the Panthers were eliminated. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah they got eliminated. Yeah, they've been eliminated. Um, and only one team has clinched oh, well. a playoff berth. And that would Who be might that be? My beloved 49ers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. So much talk about Purdy and MVP. Uh, and, you know, I keep saying they, they – they keep having to come up against his stats and they, they have all these different other things they want to say about him, but they can't, can't really rectify what they're saying based on his stats. The funny thing is now Cam Newton has weighed in. Have you heard? All that. Yeah. He called him a game manager, you know, right. and not a game changer. Right. Interesting. I thought about it and I said, well, wait a minute. The stats have changed pretty dramatically from what they were in previous years as far as the quarterback stats are concerned. I don't think Garoppolo was first in QBRs and first in completion percentages and first in any of that kind of stuff. And the people before him definitely weren't first. You got to go way back <laughs> to find out. That is in itself a change, you know. Cam, Cam thinks because he could run around you know, and, and make plays with his feet that made him super lost special you. and nobody could be like him. Maybe so. Let's get moving. Yeah. All right. All right. The first three games are actually going to be on Saturday. No, Thursday. Well, you got the first no, one. No, we still have a Thursday game. Still got a Thursday game. 
So let's kick that off. We're looking at Chargers at Raiders. Bias plus score, 8.4 favors. The Chargers. Now, Benny, this is one of those games where, and it's funny, I, I hear your voice ringing in my ear saying, Chargers are always favored. <laughs> How are they always favored? And then they turn around and lose. <laughs> and turn around and be favored again. Absolutely. But it's the Raiders. <laughs> right. It's the Raiders. So yeah, they're their favorite. Ra Ra you know, the the Chargers are actually at zero net points. But the okay. Raiders are minus four point four. <laughs> so <laughs> and then uh and this is interesting. The Chargers have a total, excuse me, a turnover differential of exactly one, plus one. Okay. So you take that uh, and add that into their uh, net point bias and boom, they're favored. They're favored. And the coach has still got his job. He hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> yeah, but the whispers are getting louder. Yeah. Whispers are getting louder. I've been screaming it for like a month and a half, maybe longer. Actually, I was talking about it last season after that debacle in the playoffs against Jacksonville. But anyway, uh, Brandon Staley's seat can't get much hotter. Uh, I guess he's probably going to get a pass on this game. Uh, it was a 24-7 loss to Denver, but he'll probably get a pass because Justin Herbert fractured his right index finger in the second quarter. So he had to be without Justin Herbert for more than half of the game. Uh, turns out that he does, in fact, need surgery for that finger, and he is done for the season. Uh, whatever. Like I said, he sustained the injury in the second quarter of the game, but by then, <laughs> dig this, by the time he got injured in the second quarter of the game, he had only thrown for 96 yards. He had already thrown an interception. He had already been sacked four times and hit six times. Their only touchdown was scored on a run by Austin Eckler, which is about time. This bum, I've been, I've been starting him every week because rule number one in fantasy is, is play your studs. He's supposed to be a stud, and for the last couple of weeks, he hadn't been doing much for me, so he finally scored a touchdown. Um, besides one interception, the defense did nothing worth really talking about. But anyway, ben. five and eight Chargers go to visit the five and eight Raiders. Ben. Yes. I keep wanting to say, tell, bro. <laughs> You're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> They really, they're killing me right now. I'm sorry. I, just, ah. But anyway, they got the same record as the Raiders. Uh, but the Raiders ain't looking good coming up there, uh, coming into this game. They got shut out at home by Minnesota, three to nothing. It was an ugly punt fest. If I, I can't think of nothing else to call it. It was a punt fest. With a couple of turnovers, and a missed miss field goal mixed in here and there. 
Uh, Vegas only had 221 total yards of offense, one interception, and they lost two fumbles. And Josh Jacobs left the game with a quad injury. So their best runners out. They're looking sloppy. Uh, the, the rookie starting quarterbacks looking a little shaky. Now there's uh, talk in the air that they might go to somebody else. I have no clue what they're going to do there, but I am going to take the Raiders to win this game. Really? They're home. Antonio Pierce is going to get him fired up. He's going to give the quarterback at least one more shot to start and finish a game. And I believe that the Chargers are going to fall into a deep depression here. I need them to so they can get rid of that Brandon Staley. I'm I, I'm tired of looking at this guy. I don't like his face anymore. <laughs> get him out of here. Take the Raiders. Going with the Raiders. Voting with malice again. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as I see it, this will help kick off the slate of games on Saturday. Got mm. three of them. But we should be talking much football over the next couple of weeks. I know, I know. Tough picks, too. Tough picks this week. Vikings at Bengals by a score of 2.5 favors the Bengals. Mm. Much less even. Okay. Okay. Both teams are seven and six. That's interesting. One NFC, one AFC. Minnesota won their game three nothing over the Raiders. Josh Dobbs was very ineffective in the game. He got sacked four times. He got benched in the fourth quarter. Enter Nick Mullins. Remember Nick Mullins? Nick the quick 49er. Yes, sir. Yeah, Nick the Quick. He came in, he went 9 of 13 for 83 yards and the game-winning field goal drive. So I got to give him that much. The Vikings were hit with two critical injuries. Justin Jefferson, who had just come back from injury, was his first game back, took a pretty bad hit going over the middle. Uh, I believe he's got a chest injury. Um, and starting running back Alexander Madison left with a sprained ankle. Oh, this is a tough one to call, I got to say. The Bengals are looking pretty good. Let me say this also. Uh, this is one of those games where the Vikings had the net point bias going in their favor. Right. The Bengals had the turnover differential. The net okay. The bias was only 2.3, and the turnover differential in the Bengals' favor was 1.2 when you multiply by 4 for the Pythagorean calculation. You can see there that uh, the points there were greater than 2.3, 1.5, 1.2 times 4. That's more than 4. So it's, it's the differential, the turnover differential is what swung it to the Bengals in this particular game. Yeah, well, if, if you remember, back early in the season, the Vikings had been plagued with turnovers over their first few games. So much so that I had to, to – uh, kind of rescued Kirk Cousins saying that they weren't all on him, that it was a team thing. You know, other people were fumbling. It wasn't so much him throwing interceptions, but they were fumbling all over the place. Then Josh Dobbs didn't help last week when he came in and had four turnovers on his own. So they were already 
bogged down with turnovers. That's they'll probably never pull themselves out of that with this few games left. So they're going to lose the turnover differential almost every week. But uh, that being said, the Bengals posted the Colts uh, this past weekend, and the Colts were on a four-game win streak, and they immediately went right at them and went up 14-0 on a short pass and a long run, 52, uh, 54 yards to running back Chase Brown. Running back Chase Brown kind of came out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned. I did not know this guy. He's the backup for a mixing. And he is very, very fast. I know you like speed. Chase Brown is a speedster. He's got good hands. He's going to be splitting time with Mick Joe Mixon now because he's a very dynamic player. Um, let me see. 12-play drive that included a made field goal that was nullified by a Colts penalty so that they took, so they took the points off the board. And they finally scored on a Joe Mixon run. So that's 14-0. The Bengals went up. After the Colts tied it up before the half, the Bengals scored 20 unanswered points to make the final 34-14. was another breakout performance by quarterback Jake Browning, who everybody is raving about right now, and rightly so. Uh, he threw two touchdown passes, scored another touchdown on the ground. He only threw one interception. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals at home on this one. Like I said, both teams are seven and six, but the Bengals are home. They got the hot quarterback, and the defense is playing much, much better. The Vikings are going with Nick Mullen. Not that I, I like Nick Mullins, but I think uh, they're going to be enough out of sync and be on the road um, for the Bengals to get them. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, I can see that. I gotta give the Bengals credit, man. They got a uh, their defense is ranked fifth for points against now. That's you know tremendous. It's a shame because uh, where's their offense? They're ranked twenty first. Yeah, flip from where it had been last year. <laughs> yeah, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. Tell me something. Just curious. Where are the Vikings ranked in points against? The right, the the right fifth. Fifth, okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the right. That's fifth. what I thought. I I kind of thought they were up high. I didn't know they were that high. Yeah, I was surprised too. You know, looking at that, gee, Christmas. You know, so all right, you're gonna go with the Bengals, going with Jake Browning. I gotta, yes, get, I gotta get a chance. I didn't get a chance to go back and watch a lot of film. I really want to see him. You know, I mean these these uh, backup. Breakout quarterbacks are cracking me up here. So I think this is going to be fun to, to keep an eye out on him and see what he's up to. And then I got to give you your props. Um, even though I don't think you understood what I was doing. we had You had responded to um, that little post that I made about uh, a dive and whether or not, you know, all those former, all the former teams, how they were feeling Dobbs was having all of that success. Right. Um, but he really did a turnaround there, man. You know? Well, I mean, <laughs> like I said, before he got to the Vikings, as long as he how long has he been in the NFL? Six years? Like, he only played, he only played in two, I'm sorry, before he got to the Cardinals. He only played in two NFL games. Two out of like six years. 
right. and three or four different teams, two games. Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, you know, and then he came in and he had looked so good, looked in such command. The next thing you know, he's taking sacks and stuff like that. And, you know, one thing I did notice about him, and then we'll move on. Quarterbacks who, are, who, who can move, if they're smart, they move to a spot, reestablish themselves so that they can throw the ball. He tends to keep running and winds up running into trouble, you know, Instead of like spinning around, you know, even Lamar now, Lamar gets out that pocket, not far, but he's far enough away that he just bought himself three, four, five, you know, plus seconds and he can scan the field and he's not necessarily looking to take off or just continue to run left to right. Dobbs just continues to, to, to run out. Now he's got people chasing him and now he's losing uh field because his sideline is catching up with him and he's throwing passes uh, that are around. Ill-advised to say the least. So some of those basic things, little things like that, you know, um, I'm a little surprised that the rocket science man, you know, doesn't doesn't you know doesn't either see it or maybe just that that uh, that pressure they're putting on him, you know, is just fogging up the uh, the calculator there. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But you're going with the Bengals, who are. They're going with the bias, 2.5 is their right. bias plus score. Okay. Steelers at Colts, bias plus score, 1.9. One point stinking nine favors the Colts. Minshew, baby. Okay, we got a battle of two more seven and six teams. Although, well, nah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bog you down with my opinions just yet. Maybe <laughs> later. But anyway, in week 13, the Steelers lost to the two-win Arizona Cardinals at home in Pittsburgh. Last weekend, they lost to the two-win New England Patriots, 21-18, at home in Pittsburgh. Not a good sign, especially after what they went on went through early in the season where even though they were winning and they do have a seven and six record, almost every single game, save maybe two that I can remember, they were outgained by their opponents, but somehow some way figured out a way to win. Now, on the one hand, you would say, well, they figure out a way to win. That's a good thing. On the other hand, they're playing Russian roulette. And I think it's going to catch up with them. In fact, uh, somebody was telling me that they thought Pittsburgh might uh, still make the playoffs. And I said, I don't think they're going to win another game. I really don't. So I, I guess I just, I just gave away my prediction. But anyway, let me finish. I, so actually, it looks to me like their playoff hopes are close to crumbling, if nothing else. Mitchell Trubisky, our buddy, threw for 190 yards, and a touchdown. He also ran eight times for 30 yards and another score. But Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, the two running backs, couldn't get anything going on the ground. Down 21 to 18 with a little less than two minutes left and a fourth and two on their own 49-yard line. Trubisky, for some reason, threw a deep yeah. pass down the sideline yeah. to Deontay Johnson. It was incomplete. They turned the ball over on downs. That was it for them in that game. 
little inexplicable on a fourth and two. You're trying to complete a drive to win the game. Why you would throw a bomb at that point, I have no idea. But that's what happened. Now, the Colts, on the other hand, who will be at home for this game, rolled into Cincinnati on a four-game win streak, like I said before, and they fell victim to the resurgent Bengals, 34-14. Uh, to 14. They fell behind 14-0 early. They scored twice in the second quarter. Gardner Minshew passed the tight end Mo Alley Cox and a pick six by linebacker Ronnie Harrison Jr. The second half was punt, punt, interception, turnover on downs, and that was all she wrote. But I believe Gardner Minshew is better than Mitchell Trubisky, number one. Number two, like I said, the Steelers haven't really figured out uh, any rhyme or reason on their offense. And to have Trubisky trying to trying to steer a rudderless ship just isn't going to work for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Colts in this game. Trubisky ended up. And I can't tell you how many times I'm, I'm watching, and somebody else did this also, you know, you, you need a first down. That's all you need right now. That's your actual yeah. need. Right. You only need two yards, and you throw something deep, you know? Yeah. Somehow. I, if, if, if it was the first quarter and you were down a score or the score was tied or there was no score, I've seen teams go in fourth and short and throw a bomb and catch the other team off guard. But when you're trying to complete a game-winning drive at the end of the game, you can't do that. You know, you mentioned your best. You could at least run for two yards, see, be Christmas. You know, you well, know, it makes you wonder did somebody send that play in or did he just think he saw something? You know, if a coach is sent in for him to go deep on fourth and two, they really got troubles. You know, yeah, I, I, I find that hard to believe. I, find I, I think he saw, I think he thought he saw something. And maybe he did see something, but he didn't complete the pass. So it's sure. off or not. All you got to see is that first down. That's what you got to see. Anything else that you see, you, you ignore that for the time being. But, okay, you're going with the Colts. Yep. Going with the bias. Broncos at Lions. Lions plus score. You ready for this? 0 0.3 favors the Broncos. Can't get no closer than that. Can't get no closer to that. The Lions got to quit messing around, man. You know? Oh, boy. I, I can't figure this mess out. I'll tell you. 25th rated defense. That's the challenge with the Lions. The 25th rated defense. And that's a big challenge. The They're losing games that they seven. should be winning. That, that's, that's, what, that's what really has me perplexed. They are losing games that they clearly should win because they can't stop the other team at all, it looks, seems like. But they are 9-4. and four. Broncos are 7-6. and six. Let's talk about the Lions first. They will be the home team in this game. So last week, the Lions offense, which was looking deep playoff run caliber. Did I say that correctly? You got that, right? Close enough. People were saying, people were saying their offense looked Super Bowl caliber. I call them deep playoff run caliber. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> so lately they've fallen on some hard times. 
They lost to the Bears in Chicago 28 to 13 and have now lost two of their last three. The 13 point, and, and as far as I'm concerned, they should have won two of their last three, but they lost two of their last three. The 13 points all came in the second quarter on a 12 yard run from Jameer Gibbs and a short Jared Goff pass to Josh Reynolds. Six second half possessions netted zero points. They had the ball six. The defense was actually not bad. But, and plus they were playing the Bears. So they got the ball in their hands six times in the second half and could not score, not even a field goal. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. After um, a bit of a rocky start, Denver Broncos now in playoff contention with a 24-7 road victory over the L.A. Chargers. They've now won six of their last seven. Six of their last seven. Russell Wilson, let's go. They look pretty good in this one, too. Uh, Russell Wilson was 21-33, 224 yards. He threw two touchdowns. He did have one interception. They matched his 33 pass attempts with 31 rushes for 106 yards. That's good balance on offense. The defense held L.A. scoreless until the final 10 minutes and 37 seconds of the game. One interception, six sacks, seven turnovers for loss. I'm sorry, seven tackles for loss and nine quarterback hits. And they also defensed eight passes, which is really, really good. Where's that def that Denver defense ranked in uh, points against? Well, you know something, the interesting thing about the Denver defense is that, you know, you, you got to look at them relative to uh, you. what they've done lately. Yes, please. That's that's what I'm most interested in. And so if you're looking at what they've done lately, two, four, six, eight, they're 10th. And points allowed. They were given up through the season, 25.2. Within the last three weeks, they've given up only 18 points per game, tied with Indianapolis and Chicago, as a matter of fact, all giving up 18 points per game. So they, they definitely are on the rise relative to, you know, their defense. And I'll be quite honest with you, you know, we kind of stick with generalities relative to talking about why, you know, they're, what's happening, uh, especially because we focus on points and everything. So I'm going to right. refer everybody to my girl, Mina Kynes, who will give you the personnel changes that yeah. Denver has made that has led to a lot of what their defensive success has been. So Mina Kynes, you know, I'm, I'm that's, that's one, of my, one of my heroes. So check her out. She'll break it down for you. But long story short... Uh, that that net points again. You got to got to look at both sides of the ledger, the offense and the defense, and the defense has has, has let them down to the point where the Broncos are favored in in, in this matchup. So, uh, who you got? I'm going to tell you the truth, man. I love the Lions, but each week I'm starting to love them a little bit less. I don't know if they can put things together on that defense fast enough to beat the Broncos in this game, even though they're at home. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos. I think Sean, uh, um, I think uh, Coach Payton has really got something going here. And Russell's throwing a nice ball. Russell 
You know, Russell Wilson's been throwing a really nice long ball for a long time. He's still got it, man. He yeah, throws he the prettiest. Who was the guy he threw to that caught it with the one hand in the end zone? Um, uh, 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 Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. And that had a thing. That thing had to go 40-plus, 50 yards in the air, man. Pretty pass, man. A serious arc. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the bias. I'm going to go with the Broncos on this one. All right. I can see it. That's not a bad matchup right there. You got to keep an eye on that one right there. I'm telling you. Falcons at Panthers. Bias to score 10.9 favors the Falcons. We have an article on our um, Facebook page. I, I just recently posted that. You probably haven't had a chance to look at it, where the new coaching regime is going to push more accountability on Bryce Young. They're talking about his footwork now is problematic and some other things. But uh, they're saying that he wasn't really coached hard enough before. So I guess they're going to coach him a little bit harder. And, you know. So so they're putting that on Frank Reich? I guess so. Okay. He's gone, so that's who you put it on. The guy that ain't there no more. Yeah. Um, not coached hard enough. And we're talking about fundamentals like footwork and stuff that they think he needs to work on. That makes sense. I mean, I, I haven't looked at him that closely. I could. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, this is the first you've heard that. You know, we hadn't heard that. As being yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't heard anybody in the meet. Usually, Dan Orlovsky will pick out stuff like that. And he'll speak on it. But I I didn't hear him or anybody else say anything about they don't like his footwork where they think he's lacking in this or that. Right, exactly. It's mostly just experience, and the team just ain't that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that seemed to be everybody's opinion. But, you know, we'll see. So, obviously, the Panthers are 1-12. They will be at home, which doesn't uh, make much difference for those guys. Um, they are in a division fight. Well, they're not in the fight, but the Falcons are in the fight in the same division. Falcons are six and seven. I believe uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints are also six and seven. I'll double check that. So that's a tightly contested race there. Um, the Panthers actually put on a show on the ground against the Saints. And I have to remember that for fantasy. Saints um, run defense. Is looking kind of shabby. The Panthers actually ran for 204 total yards. Wow. On yeah, on 39 carries. So it's obvious that the new coaches said, you know what? If we're going to win another game, we're going to have to run the ball. You know, unless we're getting blown out, we're going to have to run the ball. So they ran the ball 39 times uh, for 204 yards. Normally, that would be a recipe for a victory, right? But the problem is they never found the end zone. They really? never found it. It's crazy. That is. Uh, now, the Falcons, on the other hand, lost a chance to take over the lead in the NFC South and take sole possession of first place, I should say, uh, because they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, at home 29-25. to So now they all have the same record. 
yes, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints all sit at six and seven. So anyway, in this game, down 19 to 10 in the fourth quarter, Bijan Robinson scored on a three-yard run to make it 19-17. After Bucks field goal, uh, quarterback Desmond Ritter ran in from six yards out and then completed the two-point conversion to Drake London. That put them ahead 25-22, but they couldn't hold off the Bucks, who came back and scored a touchdown with 31 seconds left in the game and stole the win. Uh, I can't pick the Panthers. I'm sorry. And actually, the Falcons haven't been too bad lately. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one. Atlanta's defense over the last three weeks is fifth in the league. Yeah. Only 16 points per game. So, and the challenge, one of the biggest challenges now with uh, Carolina is that their defense uh, is giving up 23 points per game, 25, 26 points per game over the season. And they ain't scoring. Yeah, you ain't scoring. You're giving them 26 points per game. And you know me, the magic number is 28. You got right. to get to 28, and then it's a fight for our young concern. So uh, going with the Falcons, going with the bias. Yes, sir. Bears at Browns. Last plus score of 2.7 favors the Browns. And again, now who's co who's quarterbacking for the Browns now? Joe Flacco. Oh, I don't know, Benny. <laughs> literally posted an article on our Facebook page which said that they pushed Flacco back down to the practice squad. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Yeah, well, they must be playing money games. What, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably got something to do with money. So when they first signed it, they signed him to the practice squad. Then they start getting him ready, get him in the playbook, this, that, and the other. And then as it gets close to game day, then they bring him up and make him active for the game. Then after the game, they put him back on the practice squad again. It's just it's technicality, so to speak. Well, I, but know which I, I did actually. That is. <laughs> Excuse me. So I have to find out which technicality that is. Like I said, that probably has something to do with money. That'd be the only logical uh, thing. But well, yeah, I've, I've heard of this being done with, with several other players. Okay, but I, I just don't remember it being done with a guy who you brought up who had success, and now you want to play the up and down game with him. I don't remember that happening in the recent in the near recent uh, past. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. So so you're you're allowed to bring up practice players, practice squad players, and put them on the active roster for a game anytime you want to, right? Uh, so what they did, remember when they brought him in. DTR wasn't hurt. So they put him on the practice squad first. He signed a practice squad contract first. Then when they needed him, they put him on the active roster. And then when the game was over, they put him back on the practice squad. So he hasn't signed a, a real, I hate to use the word real because I shouldn't use the word real, but they haven't signed him to a contract contract. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah, still on yeah, an active roster type contract. Right, right. He's still on prep. But they plan to do that this week. 
Now, I did read the article, and the article made it clear that he is eligible to play for another team if he wishes. But from what I'm hearing, he likes it there. I don't think he's going anywhere. He likes he the Browns. He had some nice success, you know. Yes. That's the players love him. Man, he had that one pass, man. Everybody running around. This guy's wide open, and he just hit him nicely. So he's saying yeah, he's, things. He's playing well. The guys love him. He's good in the locker room. You know, he's an old head. And I think he likes the challenge of the fact that even though they've had – he's like their fourth quarterback now. Yeah. And they're eight and five and definitely in the hunt. And I think he likes that challenge. So, yeah, I don't believe he's going to go anywhere. All um, right. So the Browns are at home. They'll be hosting the Bears. They're five and eight. Uh, both teams are coming off very impressive wins. The Bears treated their home fans to a 28-13 win over their front-running division rivals from Detroit. And Justin Fields led the way going 19 of 33 for 223 yards and one touchdown and zero turnovers for Justin Fields. Very good. He was the leading rusher also. He had 12 carries. Not a lot of carries. That's a good number for him. 12 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DJ Moore was the recipient of the touchdown pass, and he also scored the first rushing touchdown of his career on a sweep out of the Wildcat. So they lined up in a regular formation. DJ Moore went to quarterback. Justin Fields went out wide to wide receiver. Then they ran a fake reverse to Fields. It fooled everybody. DJ Moore turns up the sideline scores. Great play. Um, defensively, they shut the lines out the entire second half. Now, I know we've been talking about how bad the defense is for the Lions, but that I did not expect. The Bears' defense shut out the Lions the entire second half. They racked up four sacks, nine quarterback hits on Jared Goff, five tackles for loss, and they defensed seven passes. Wow. I, who would have thunk it, right? I know I would. Um, the Browns have put their playoff hoops in the hands of 38-year-old Joe Flacco. He led him to a 31-27 victory over Jacksonville. Another surprising game for me. I thought Jacksonville would handle that. He threw three touchdown passes, two in the first half to tight end David Njoku, who's probably having his best season. And the third pass early in the fourth quarter to wide out David Bell. They then had to hold off the Jacksonville Jaguars' comeback attempt with a fine defensive performance. Four sacks, 12 quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss, 10 passes defense. Brown's defense is still cooking, and the offense looks good in Flacco's hands. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears at home. I'm not, <laughs> Sorry, they both start with Bs. I'm going to take the Browns at home. Going with the bias. Going with the Browns. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Flacco. Buccaneers at Packers. Oh, Blade Brown was going crazy with his his. Yeah, he's <laughs> Blade. He's starting to sound like an Eagle fan, man. He's like, oh my yeah. thanks. I'm like, oh, take it easy, Blade. <laughs> <laughs> a, a first year starting quarterback. You guys, uh, this year. 
Last first score of 0 0.4 favors the Buccaneers. Baker. Ah, so be I saw something today, and Baker Mayfield is talking about he wants to stay in Tampa Bay. He likes it there. He likes playing for the coaches. He likes his teammates. He's been playing really hard. They're six and seven. They still have a chance to win the division. Technically, they're in first place in their division, even though they have the same record as the Saints and the Falcons. But if you watch Tampa Bay play, you can see Baker Mayfield grinding, man. He's really, really playing hard. He knows if they continue to win, and especially if they can win a division and get into the playoffs, the more he wins, the better chance he has of staying. And he wants to stay there. So I'm hoping for Baker's sake that he gets the job done and they keep it. Because if they don't, I'm not going to feel sorry for him because, like I said, I like Kyle Trask all along. I thought Kyle Trask was going to beat him out, but I got to give Baker credit. He's doing his thing. So what can I say? But anyway, uh, in this game, he was a game manager. We were talking about game managers. He let the Buccaneers ground game lead the way, and he managed them um, to an NFC South road victory over the Atlanta Falcons. And with the Falcons' defense paying close attention to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and if you remember, if you saw the game, you didn't hear Mike Evans' name called hardly at all. Godwin caught a couple passes. Um, they, they, they really were paying a lot of attention to those two guys. So Baker had to find some other options. Um, after cornerback Carlton Davis intercepted Desmond Ritter at the end of the first quarter, Baker ran in the first uh, touchdown himself. He threw two touchdown passes in the second half. One went to running back Rashad White. And then when they were down 25-22 with 31 seconds left, he threw the other one, which is a game was the game winner to tight end Cade Otten. So he had to go to his running back and his tight end and various other people along the way. Like I said, I think Godwin caught maybe three or four balls. Mike Evans might have caught one. That's very rare, but that did happen. Um, so. Uh, well, let me say this much. Yeah. Much as you like Baker, he's, their offense is ranked 22nd. They're only scoring an average of 20 points per game. Yeah. 20.2, and they're giving up 20.8. So that's why they're minus 0 0.6 in terms of net points. Mm -hmm. Packers are at least coming in with a grand average net point of plus one. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're 17th in offense. They're only scoring 21.5 points per game, but they're 11th on defense, giving up 20.5 points per game. So as you can see, by the bias, as far as what they've been, you know, what uh, they've done all season, they're right there, neck and neck. Now, okay. what I would say also, lastly, is that in the last few weeks, in terms of average scoring margin, let's see here. What are we talking about? The Buccaneers and the Packers? Uh, Green Bay is plus six in net points. 
And the Buccaneers, where are they? Jeez, Tampa Bay, minus 5.7 net points. Yeah, yeah. So looking better for the Packers. Um, but no. Well, what, what I'll say on this one is so we can keep moving. Um, the Packers will be at home. I do not like Tampa Bay's defense. One bit. I believe this will be a bounce back for uh, Jordan Love and the Packers. So I'm going to pick the Packers to win this game. Even though they did lose to my Giants, uh, I'd rather than look at that more as a plus for the Giants than a negative for Green Bay. It was a pretty good game, actually. It was 24-22. Um, Packers didn't stink but because uh, they put up 123 yards on the ground. But – Jordan Love did have only one touchdown. He did throw an interception. And the Giants did did uh, force and recover two fumbles. So that went against the Packers greatly. But I think they will bounce back and they will beat the Buccaneers. So I will take the Packers in that game. Okay, fine. Going with the Packers, right? I got that yep. right. Yep. With the Packers going against the bias. Jets at Dolphins. Bias plus score 14.1 favors the Dolphins. That makes sense. Where's Tyreek Hill in this equation, Benny? Uh, no injury report today. Ah, I know what I wanted to ask you. Did you see that tackle? Yep. It was a horse collar, right? Well, you know something? Not really. Oh, no. What? Come on, man. Well, he, he, he didn't get his hands down underneath, down in the back of the collar, but he did grab him, you know, like right below the, the back of the collar. He was, you know, as he was going down. I think they, they're more complaining about that being a hip drop tackle than a horse collar tackle. And that seems to be the tackle that's out of favor now. And if anything gets outlawed uh, in next year's um, new set of rules, it's probably going to be the hip drop tackle um, because that's they, they're they pointing to specific injuries from that type of tackle and I think they've got better stats to say that's that's a bad uh, a dangerous tackle. So how that's going to work, I don't know. You didn't think his hand was inside? No, I don't think so. It was close. It was close. Um but yeah, that okay. hip drop thing, man. Uh, because they fall, they fall on their legs, and their legs get caught up underneath them, and that's how you get these bad ankles and these bad knees and all of that kind of stuff. So that's what right, I. But, but it's not illegal yet, so not illegal yet. No. Hence, there was no call. Right. I, I kind of thought that he he had his hand in there. Uh, okay. It well, I look it at close. this. It was close. It was close. Okay. So he grabbed the back of the jersey rather than inside. Yes. Okay. All righty. So Dolphins get the bias. Let me just jot that down so I don't forget. Was that player of the week or something like that for the A? should have been. 
I was about to say, I need everybody out there to put some respect on Zach Wilson's name. (laughs) (laughs) After getting benched and almost forgot during the week leading up to the game, there was talk of him not even wanting to be the starter anymore. Can you believe such a thing from an NFL player? You got to be kidding me. There's no way that happened. Anyway, with a total of 79 yards and one touchdown on the ground, Zach completed that, that. That's all they did on the ground is what I'm trying to say. Brees Hall and them couldn't get nothing going in the ground game. But Zach Wilson to the rescue. He completed 27 of 36. Nice. 301 yards. Very nice. Two touchdowns. The defense lived up to expectations. And, you know, that's another thing. Everybody's been praising this defense from day one. Yet they were losing all these games. And I try to tell people, I don't care how good your defense is. If you can't find the end zone, if you can't keep up with the other team, if your defense is on the field for the majority of the game, you're going to get beat. But in this game, Zach put up numbers. So the defense was able to shine. They had five sacks six tackles for loss, and a tremendous 10 passes defensed. That's Sauce Gardner and boys playing some good defense in that secondary. Now, they got to go to Miami and play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 9-3. and three. But they lost at home last week to the Titans. This was another game. This is another one of those any given Sunday games. Uh Scores 28-27, favor the Titans. The normally unstoppable offense got outplayed by the normally struggling offense. Miami's ground game was humming along. They had 158 total yards on 31 total carries, 96 yards on 21 carries, and two touchdowns by Raheem Mostert alone. Nice day for Mostert, even though he did crack 100 yards. He had 21 carries. That ate up a lot of clock, and he did score two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns came in the fourth quarter and gave the Dolphins a 27-13 lead. But when Tennessee fought back to score two touchdowns on their own, the Dolphins couldn't answer. That's partly to his fault. He couldn't quite get it done through the air. They punted, and they got stopped on downs on their last two possessions, and they ended up losing the game by one point. Sucks. However, they will be home against the Jets. I don't see Zach Wilson duplicating that performance that he had up in New York in the rain. Whether it'll be nice, he should come back down to earth. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Going to bias 14.1. Nice, healthy bias. Jets can overcome. They have a chance to be the bias plus buster. <laughs> we shall we'll see. We shall see. I tell you, this season you can't count nobody out except wow. the Panthers. That's what I'm saying, man. Giants at Saints. Vice plus score of 11.5 favors the Saints in this situation. And again, based on what they've done in the recent past or in the past through the season, that makes sense. However, ask me. I'm going to give you a ding, ding, ding. This is going to be my intriguing game of the week. 
Oh, all right, all right, all right. I like it. I've seen some things, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to mention them for the show or leave them there for, you know, intrigue purposes. So I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about it, and maybe I might throw okay. a little something out there. We shall see. So my beloved New York football giants got their third consecutive win on quarterback Tommy DeVito's fourth consecutive start. They beat the Green Bay Packers 24-22. This was a big win for them. After Green Bay scored in the first quarter, the Giants came right back on the next possession. Saquon scored the first of his two touchdowns. They went ahead in the third quarter when he ran for his second score to make the score 14-10. Tommy DeVito tossed the touchdown pass to Isaiah Hodgkins. And they won it with a Randy Bullock 37-yard field goal with time expiring. It was a perfect finish to a really good game. Defensively, they played pretty well. I like the direction the Giants are going in defensively, to tell you the truth. And I really like Tommy DeVito. The whole thing with his family and the stands and all that, that was hilarious. I loved it. That was great. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was talking to these guys, and they're like, who was that dude up there with the black suit? And I said, well, they said it was his his uh, his agent. But they're like, well, he looks just like him. He's probably in their family. But he actually is his agent. He is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. And it's like, okay, who's this agent, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I think his agent is my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think his agent is. That's a good one. <laughs> They're all up in the up in the uh, stands and stuff, and they're kissing each other. On they're kissing each other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he it, it is so celebrated right now um, that uh, that in itself kind of makes the game intriguing because he's on such a hot streak right now. Uh, this can he can he carry it down to New Orleans? And overcome the voodoo that's going on down and down there, and see if, if he can handle that. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, what are they giving up? Twenty five points per game, but New Orleans giving up twenty eight. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I'm gonna say about this right now. And I'm talking about yeah, yeah. Save it. Save over it. the last I wanna, few I weeks. That's what that. I'm talking about over the last few weeks. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, the Saints didn't actually do anything real special in their 28-6 win over Carolina, other than the fact that it was a division game, but Carolina's so far out of it, didn't really make much difference, but they were able to keep pace um, record-wise with the Saints and the Falcons. Um, the only thing they did differently from the Panthers, uh, dramatically differently, was they scored touchdowns and the Panthers didn't. <laughs> They only generated 216 total yards of offense, but Derek Carr did throw two touchdown passes, and Alvin Kamara ran for one. So good job by the Saints handling the Panthers as they should. I believe that the Giants will go to New Orleans, have a little gumbo, and beat the Saints. I'm going to take the Giants. Big day for Barkley. I can smell it. Yeah, Barkley's uh... – Contributing, 
I'll say it that way. Barkley is definitely contributing. So yeah, he'd have had really good numbers except for that long run where he fell and fumbled. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, somebody touched him. Somebody touched him. Then they showed the replay. I'm like, ah, they didn't touch him. <laughs> so if he's not down by contact, that's a fumble. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. So you're going against the bias. Yes, sir. Going with the G-Men. <laughs> Texans at Titans. Bias plus score of 8.2 favors. The Texans. Oh, uh, my boy, CJ. Did you so know disappointed. that CJ came out of Snoop Dogg's uh, football league, youth league? Oh, he's from California? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know he was from California. I, I knew he played Ohio State, but I didn't know he was from California. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Snoop Dogg they sure had video of him when he was in Little League and all of that stuff, man. Okay. All right. So, uh, CJ's getting it done. How is his head? That's the question. Yeah, he hasn't passed the concussion protocol just yet. But there is a possibility that he will. And hopefully, he'll be ready to play in this game. They got to go to Tennessee. They're 7-6 and six right now. Titans are 4-8. and eight. Um, The AFC South title is still very tightly contested just like the NFC South. Last weekend, the surprisingly competitive Texans went on the road to play the hapless Jets in a driving rain at MetLife Stadium. Neither team could score at all in the first half, which I forgot to mention when I talked about the Jets. There was no score in the first half, but in the second half, it was the Texans that looked hapless and not the Jets. C.J. Stroud, who came in leading the league, and passing yards was only able to complete 10 of 23 for measly 91 yards. And the only score was a touchdown run by Devin Singletary. They contained the Jets running game, but they had no answer for all of a sudden red hot Zach Wilson. Now, I talked about any given Sunday. Let's talk about any given Sunday again. It's getting to the point where you almost hesitate to use the word upset, the way some teams are so dominant one week and then almost inexplicably they trip up the next week. The Titans on the road in Miami turned the ball over three times, but they were still able to grind out a one-point win over the Dolphins. That doesn't happen very often, and especially doesn't happen against a team that's supposed to be as good as the Dolphins. They beat them 28-27. Rookie starting quarterback Will Levis looked to be in pretty good command of the offense. 23-38 for a big-time 327 yards. One touchdown, he only threw one interception. They had trouble moving the ball on the ground, but they were able to get good drives going, and they finished them up with short touchdown runs by Derrick Henry. He just bulldozed his way in for two short touchdowns. Um, the second one of those touchdowns came at the end of a drive that started with 2.14 two left and ended on the game-winning three-yard score with one minute and 49 seconds left in the game. Defense was able to register five sacks, seven quarterback hits, and six tackles for loss along the way. So they got that late one from Derrick Henry that gave him the win. Um, 
boy, oh boy, this is another toughie. Eh, it's not that tough. Titans are showing some signs of life defensively. They will be at home. But I think it's time for the Texans to bounce back. And I'm going to say that the Texans are so good that that was just a slip-up in New York last week or in New Jersey last week. And whether C.J. plays or not, if Davis Mills plays, I'm still taking the Texans. How about that? We're going in. Davis Mills, oh, well, you know, it's not like he has zero experience or anything. Right. No, so Davis was a former starter. So, okay, all right, going with the bias, going with the Texans, Chiefs at Patriots. Last plus score, 13.6. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that a typo? I think it is. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. You've got to be kidding me. I was like, wait, no. Yeah, I'm sure that is. Um, that can't be. Yes, that should be the Chiefs. Okay. About Chiefs have the bias. Chiefs have the bias. I'll correct yeah. that. 13.6. That's not, nah. uh, it's okay. not a lot. It's not a whole lot, but it's okay. Yeah. You know. yeah. Patriots are 3-10. Oh, my goodness. They will be at home, though. Um, they did show some signs of life in their Thursday night football victory over the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Quarterback Bailey Zappi. You know what? We may never hear from mac and cheese again. Man. <laughs> Just, I almost couldn't remember what his name. I said mac and cheese because I couldn't remember his last name. That's how. That's how he played so bad. That in this little bit of time, I can't even remember who the heck he is. Anyway, Billy Zappi looked like a grizzled old veteran out there. He threw three touchdown passes and only one interception. Uh, Zeke Elliott. Wow. He had the ground game all to himself because Ramondre Stevenson was injured. And Zeke had 68 yards on 22 carries. Whoever said he's washed up, forget about it. Zeke still got some juice. 68 yards on 22 carries and another 72 yards and a touchdown on seven receptions in the passing game. Welcome back, Zeke. You still got it. Now, talk about who still got it and who don't, don't got it. Kansas City lost a home game to the Buffalo Bills. And they did it by snatching defeat from the jaws of victory once again, Jeez. a nearly perfect pass, which could have been the game winner, was dropped in a loss to the Eagles. And now, a made-for-classic fantasy finishes, not fantasy finishes, fantastic finishes. You know how they do those videos of all the great plays in NFL history? That would have went down on that video, but it got erased by a penalty. And we can talk about the penalty if you wish. But uh, until the Chiefs can fix their wide receiver situation, they will have to manufacture other ways to win. And to make matters worse, it seems like the only really reliable running back they have is Isaiah Pacheco, who missed this game because of injury. So, yeah. A team that was putting on some offensive wizardry 
just a little while ago, now all of a sudden seems to be struggling to score points. However, I believe they can march into New England and get a win up there. Going with so the Pius. Going yeah. with the Chiefs. Now, here's the, here's the funny thing. Even in our flag football league, even when you and me played, the line judge, that ref that's on the line of scrimmage, would tell the receivers if they were offsides or, or over the ball. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you didn't pay attention to them or you didn't hear them, then they would throw the flag. But usually it would say, slot man, back up. 82, back up. You know what I mean? And from what I'm hearing, they do that in the NFL also. Now, Greg Jennings says they usually will say it to the widest guy. And they do it over the course of the game. So at that point in the game, it shouldn't have been any different. The problem is, and I'm not quite sure I've wrapped my brain around this completely. I heard somebody say the reason they didn't warn him was because he was so egregiously over the ball. They just, like, let it happen. As soon as the ball was snapped, the flag came out. But they didn't stop the play, which I don't think they're supposed to. Then the play finished. It was a great play. And then they wiped it out and brought it back on the penalty. What did you think about it? I didn't have a problem with the penalty. Um, and after what you said uh, and what I also heard was that, that that communication normally happens with the wide guys because they have they're farther away from the ball, so they need a little bit of right. He was right. one, he was tight uh in the formation. So, you know, he wasn't, I mean, they would have been hollering across the field, yo, silly, get back, you know. So that I don't know if that should have happened, but he was definitely, you know, whether you think he should have gotten uh, 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 you know, some help from the refs. Like they said, people would be then saying, you know, how are you going to help these guys like that? You know, um, so it's I think they were in a they in a lose lose situation as far as the refs are concerned. Um, it, so it really shouldn't happen for several reasons. First of all, he didn't look to the sideline for the ref. He didn't even look for help from the ref. He did look in toward the ball though. Yeah. So he should have known where he was in proximity to the ball. Yeah. yeah. I, I, can't, I can't believe he was that close to the ball and couldn't see that his foot was on the same – I can't say on the line because the line wasn't the line. That's it was well beyond the line of scrimmage. It was beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he was well beyond the line of scrimmage. Which put his head over the ball. Referee said he was so far over that he blocked the ball from the referee's vision. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, this is what I thought was interesting, and one of the uh, commentators brought it brought it up. They said, after the snap of the ball, apparently Tony was kind of dismayed because the pass did not come to him. It went yes. to Kelsey. So he was yes. over there pouting. Or He's out yes. pouting in the field, and then all of a sudden the ball comes to him, and he runs it in for a touchdown. Yeah, I saw that. He was running his route, and then he, he kind of tried to do a little move or something, and the DB ran away from him. 
So I think the DB read the quarterback's eyes, saw he was going to Kelsey, took off. So he's out there by himself. He's like, like, he did a little gesture like this. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, here comes the ball. <laughs> so at least he was heads up enough to catch it and run it in. Yeah. Well, first of all, he caught the ball. <laughs> yes. yes, he did catch the ball. The ball wants to catch. He caught that one. And uh, the rest is not history. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Andy Reid and Mahomes both issued apologies for their rants, and they will probably be fined. Well, they asked uh, Goodell today about it. He's like, it was a penalty. So, okay. <laughs> what else you got to say? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> But you know, you you can't, and this is in all major league sports, as far as I know, in this country anyway. If you talk bad about the officials, you will be fine. You can't say, oh, the ref screwed up. That was a horrible thing. You can't do that. You can say it during the game to the ref, but you can't say it after the game to the press. That's that's bad press for them. They don't like that. They don't like that. All right. Oh, there we go. Alphabet. There goes. <laughs> That's one of his favorite songs. Next up, we have my beloved 49ers in a division matchup against the Cardinals with a bias plus score of 24.5, favoring the 49ers. Ooh. Yeah. That's a big bias. That's a bigger bias. Yeah, I, I'd say it's well-deserved, though. Uh, careful now, though. Cardinals are coming off a bye. <laughs> They're well-rested. That seems to be a big deal, too, in Philly here. I, I don't want to get that. I'll talk about that later. Don't, don't anyway, <laughs> Cardinals are coming off the bye. They're well-rested. They are, unfortunately, 3-10. and 10. 49ers are 10-3 and three and looking great. 28-16 um, win over Seattle. Uh, last week, that was in fact their 11th straight division win. You know, we always talk about how big division wins are and how they can be a little weird sometimes, but they've been taking care of business out there in the NFC West, West and that was their 11th straight division win. Uh, Brock Purdy and his four main playmakers all had stellar performances. Purdy threw for a career high 368 yards. Woo! Nice. Uh, two touchdowns. He did have one interception. Christian McCaffrey had a 72-yard <clears throat> run on the Niners' very first play from scrimmage. He finished with 145 yards rushing. Debo Samuel, two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air, seven catches, 149 yards. Brandon Ayuk, six catches, 126 yards. And George Kittle finished with a measly 76 yards, but he had a 44-yard touchdown. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Got to love the 49ers taking out the Cardinals. No doubt it. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, a buzzsaw. A virtual buzzsaw there. Yep. All right. Go Niners! Commanders at Rams. Bias plus score 13.8 favors the Rams. Holy Puka Nakua, Benny. 
The Rams is <laughs> acting like they want to do something. These guys are scoring points and up and down and giving people all types of fits. Yeah, they are seven, uh, six and seven. Um, I don't know if that's going to be enough to give them a wild card. Uh, the commanders are coming off the bye, so they're four and nine, uh, but they got to go on the road out to LA. The Rams are still in the mix for the last playoff spot in the NFC, like I said. A win against the Ravens in Baltimore would have been a big thing for them. But after a great effort, they lost 37 to 31 on a walk-off punt return in overtime. And Matt Stafford did his thing, threw for 294 yards and three touchdowns. But the defense did little to nothing to slow down the Ravens. In fact, both defense did, defenses did little to nothing to, to slow down their opponents. Both teams traded touchdowns, they traded field goals, and they traded punts. So <laughs> one team scored touchdown, the other team scored touchdown. Team kicked the field goal, they kicked the field goal. They got stopped, they punted, they got stopped, and they punted. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's a great game. The Rams kicker, Lucas Haversick, kicked a 36-yarder to tie it up at the end. Uh, tied up at 31 and then took it to overtime and then the punt return happened and that was the end of that for the Rams. They will bounce back. They will win this game against the Commanders. Um, these last few games for the Commanders will probably be uh, Ronald Beer's swan song. I, I don't know if he'll. I don't know who else they play coming up down the stretch here with the last three or four games, but I don't think they can handle the Rams. They got too much offense for these guys. Going with the bias, going with the Rams. Yep. All righty, all righty. We getting down to it, Benny. That is a a four o'clock game. We have a four twenty five game, and this is the matchup that everybody's talking about. Cowboys at Bills. By the score, 8.9 favors the Cowboys. But man. 8.9, huh? Yeah, people are people are saying, oh, man, this is gonna be the game. The Bills need this game. I talked about the Bills uh in my intriguing game against Kansas City. They won that game by the skin of their chinny chin chin, but they won that game. And they need this game. So this is a game that comes in where the Bills need it. The Cowboys, yeah, they don't want to lose nothing right now because they're in that race and for the in the division against the Eagles. So they, they kind of need it also at this particular point. Well, the Cowboys need it to, to truly prove they are who we think they are. The Bills need it, obviously, because they they're seven and six and they they uh kind of crapped away a couple of games that they should have won, but they are showing some true signs of life. Josh Allen seems to have settled down. The offense seems to be working a little bit smoother than it was. Uh, I think part of it also is the team is rallying behind the head coach. You know about the little bit of trouble he got in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think they're trying to rally behind him and, uh, that's going to be helpful to them. So this is going to be a really good game. I kind of thought this might be your intriguing game of the week. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want to do the Bills two times in a row. 
But anyway, this would be my candidate. So the Dallas Cowboys treated their hometown fans to a total demolition of their division rivals from Philadelphia. Their balanced attack put up 138 yards and one touchdown on the ground on 32 total carries. And Dak Prescott threw for 271 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, no interceptions. He did lose a fumble. Um, here's the great part. Kicker, Brandon Aubrey, and this is the kicker who never played football before in his life until he became an NFL kicker and won a job. Got wow. never played football. He was always a soccer player. He kicked four field goals. One, I think, was a 60-yarder. One was a 59-yarder. He also kicked three point after touchdowns. He single-handedly outscored the Eagles 15 to 13. <laughs> Just the kicker. That's how bad it was. When I say demolition, I mean demolition. Now, for the Bills, Josh Allen wasn't real accurate against the Chiefs, but he did throw for 233 yards. He did throw two touchdowns. He did throw one interception. He also had 10 carries for 32 yards and another touchdown. So he counted for three TDs altogether, which is good for him. The defense had two takeaways, and then ultimately the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot. So I got to go with the Cowboys. I, I think they're going to roll in there. They're going to prove to everybody that uh, they're close. They, they, they got to be close to the Niners as far as being the top team in the league. The AFC is, is all over the place. But right now, San Fran and Dallas seem to be really on a mission. And this, these playoffs are going to be great. If it comes down to them, I think it's going to be wonderful. Not saying the Eagles or anybody else don't have a chance or they're not still in the mix. But um, I think the Cowboys are for real. I think, I think Dak is rolling right now. He's feeling really comfortable. Um, McCarthy's doing a good job calling the plays. And the defense is, is strong. The pass rush is strong. Secondary is strong. They're tackling well. They just look really, really good right now. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game. I don't want to put any pause on your thinking there, Benny, but I will say this much. Okay. It seemed to me that the Cowboys lost some concentration during that game against the Eagles. And it was one of the reasons they wind up kicking all of those field goals, 60 yards and things of that nature. I mean, it looks good because they're like 18 points or whatever number of points it was. I know at least three, so that's at least nine points to help right. those stats. But it looked to me like, uh, they, I don't know, they just looked like they lost concentration. So that's one point. The other question that I have as far as this kicker is concerned is I want to see how well he kicks outdoors, away from Cowboys Stadium. Um, and going up, to Buffalo will definitely give you a challenge uh, oh, yeah. in terms of kicking. So I want to see how he does. I'm not saying he can't do it. He might have done it already. I'm sure he has already done it. Uh, well, we'll see because it's, it's getting cold out there. It's cold like it hasn't been. And <laughs> I, I can imagine in Buffalo, 
It's going to be cold like uh, it ain't been in Dallas at all. <laughs> I got to right, be in Dallas. Right, right. She's like, oh, it's 60 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like 30 here, you know. So I got frost on my car. So just interesting to see. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Because, you know, he pulled, he really helped. Yeah, you. while you're, while you're saying that, and, and I have to get up on the screen and squint my eyes and looking at something. Um, the first field goal was a 60-yarder. It was fourth and 20. I believe they had a penalty or two on that drive. Um, Lost of focus. Well, yeah, penalties, but they yeah. do happen. Yeah. Uh, the second one looks like the same situation. Fourth and 23. You see what I'm saying? 59 yarder, yeah. Those were those were bad. Uh, those were bad series. Yeah, yeah. Here's one. The other fifty yarder, fourth and ten. That just looks like they just. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and loss of focus is a good way to put it. I li I like that. That's. I believe you're correct on that. So we're going to keep an eye on both of these teams. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been an that would have been an easy intriguing game right there but you know i don't always go with the big games when it comes to intriguing games i like the they get enough scrutiny so but you're gonna go with the cowboys yes sir all right benny that wraps up the early evening slate of games let's talk about sunday night Ravens at Jaguars rise plus score 9.7 favors the Ravens who I've already picked as my favorite for the Super Actually, you might as well just say I'm going for a, a Niner Ravens repeat in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've already heard one team or one um, guy talk about, you say, oh, the Ravens remind me of the Niners. I'm like, ah, let me try to tread on my territory here. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I know. Well, to be quite honest with you, one Madden, that's, I'm now playing with the Ravens, you know? And the interesting thing is they, they're missing um, their starting tie, a tight end, right? Yes. Um, the things that I can do with him on, on Madden are the same types of things I can do with Kittle, special routes and stuff right. like that. Can't right. do that with Isaiah Likely. He's not quite there. But he's right. playing pretty well, you know? Oh, he's playing pretty well, yeah. Yeah, and and, and as long as um, long, long as Lamar has a tight end that he can throw to, I think he'll be okay. So um, yeah, I I, I was going to say they they might look like uh, the old Colin Kaepernick Forty ers <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can look at it that way too. Yeah, yeah, that was the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and it was a uh, and it was a, a kick. Harbaugh, yeah, Harbaugh was a kick return that that I think did us in. Yeah, Super Bowl. They they don't point to it as much as they should. Um, but I was I was kind of grooving on kick returns with Duvernay. So when when yeah. I looked up at this game and I'm like, who's that running back that kicked in overtime? Wasn't Duvernay. He was out injured. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you talk about it. Go ahead. Okay, so the Ravens are ten and three. They're looking good. 
Uh, Rams versus Ravens didn't have a lot of defense, and thus it was a very, very exciting offensive game. Um, the final was 37-31, like I said before, when I talked about the Rams. Uh, Ravens won the game, and yes, it was as close as the score indicates. Lamar threw for 316 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. That's a good day through the air for Lamar. And I believe, if I remember correctly, he threw some pretty nice passes in that game also. He also ran the ball 11 times for an additional 70 yards. I tell you, when he can run 8 to 12 times per game and still crank out big numbers, you know what I mean? Some guys, they'll run – some quarterbacks will run 10 times for like 35 yards, 10 times, 40 yards maybe. This guy goes 11 times for 70 yards. That's pretty nice. Uh, Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards added to the rushing total, and that made it 139 yards total on 26 total carries. Odell Beckham had a big game, 97 yards in the touchdown on only four catches. Nice production by Odell. He looks fully healthy now. Uh, I can tell really by the way he runs his routes and by his touchdown dances. And uh, rookie speedster Zay Flowers totaled 60 yards and a touchdown on only six catches. All in all, it came down to a walk-off punt return by Tylen Wallace in overtime that secured the win. Now for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions. That's not good. You're not going to win that way. That was part of his undoing as the Jags lost to Cleveland, 31-27. to um, I must say, this could also be an intriguing game candidate. Mm. Ravens want to hold on to the number one seed in the AFC, so it's important to them. Jaguars got to get their footing start playing the way they were playing a few weeks ago. They seem to have lost some of their mojo. I don't know. They, they're just not looking as confident as they were a little earlier. But they are 85, and they're sitting pretty for playoffs. Ah. Ah. Something's telling me. Something's telling me Ravens are going to stub their toe. Something's telling me Dougie P's got something up his sleeve. I'm going to go with the Jaguars at home on this one. You're really going out on a bit of a limb there, buddy. <laughs> you think so? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I know you like the Ravens. I, I do, too. Ravens got a tough schedule. They can't afford to be dropping no games now. That's what I'm saying. They got a tough schedule coming up. I'm looking for that next game when they – it be my Niners against the Ravens. I said, that's going to be a Super Bowl preview right there. We shall see. But you're going to go against the bias, going with the Jaguars for Sunday night football. Yes, sir. Well, at least we'll get a chance to see that, you know, as the only game of the evening. So that should be a good one. I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing that and watching that game. Um, and, and let me just say that about that punt return for the touchdown. Yeah. That last part. Where he where he got got his foot and he was stumbling. Mm -hmm. that is so that that is so hard to recover from when you're running top speed and you start. Yeah, it is. Like that. I was impressed by the fact that he kept his feet 
on that. And it, it made all the difference in the world. It would have been easy for him to fall, you know, and go down. But he he was able to keep his feet. And I just thought it was impressive because that's – I've just seen so many. We saw our boy Danny Dimes go down running and then nobody even touch his feet. Remember that? <laughs> Saquon yeah. just did it. You see what I'm saying? That, that is not an, always an easy thing, man, to keep your feet when you're running fast, top speed like that. He was out. Yep. That was a heck of a return, no doubt. Okay. Going against the bias, Benny. Jeez. <laughs> All right, Benny. We're going to rock and roll on Monday night. 8-15. Eagles at Seahawks. Bias plus score of only 2.5. Nine, favoring the Eagles. That's an awful close bias for a 10 and 3 team against a 6 and 17. You know what I'm saying? Now, the thing about it is the, the Eagles, <laughs> their only average, in their points is 1.6 now. They're plus 1.6 in net points, Benny. Okay. Um, and, you know, what we talked about with the Seahawks was that their defense wasn't getting it done, right? Yeah. The uh, Seahawks defense ranked 27th. But guess what? What? The defense is ranked 28th. <laughs> so the Eagles and the Seahawks, kind of the same situation. They can put some points up. But they're giving up a lot of points. Yeah. So small net point biases for both teams. And then the Seahawks are coming east, but it's a Monday night game. So it's not that East Coast, West Coast, East Coast thing. No, game's in Seattle. Oh, that's right. Eagles got to go west. Excuse me. What am I? And doing? that's a long trip. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle has the farthest to travel of any team in the league. If you if you measure from Seattle to any other NFL city, they have to travel the farthest. So, wow. <laughs> well, Philadelphia Eagles. Plain and simple, they got blown out for the second week in a row this time by the Dallas Cowboys. 33 to 13. Their only touchdown came on a scoop and score by D tackle Jalen Carter. But they had three turnovers of their own. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown, the team's biggest stars, each one of them lost a fumble. And I must say, they didn't just drop the ball. Cowboys players forced those fumbles. And I saw Jalen Hurts take a hit. And if he wasn't concussed, I, I, I don't believe it. I, I think they knocked him loopy there for a minute. But uh, he got he came out of it. Um, uh, Drew Locke played quarterback for the Seahawks last week, right? He was actually able to throw for two touchdowns. But, again, the turnover bug. He threw two interceptions, and the run game just wasn't there. Um, Charbonnet wasn't able to do much. Kenny Walker came back, but he was just one game back from an injury. He didn't look great. Um, 
they were only able to generate 70 total yards on the ground, and they were totally outplayed by the Niners 28-16. They never really stood a chance in that game. However, in this game, I believe they stand a really good chance, especially after I've seen these last two games. And, yes, granted, was the Cowboys, it was the 49ers, but the Eagles not only have trouble in the secondary, but they're now all of a sudden tackling very poorly. Teams are able to run on them. It's looking scary for the Eagles, man. I, I know people thought it was funny. They won a game or two in that so-called imaginary gauntlet that they were supposed to be going through. But guess what? You're really in it now. I think the Seahawks are going to beat the Eagles up there at home. Oh, really? Yeah, they're going they're going to send this town into a real tizzy, man. They, 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 they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to close the bridges. <laughs> they're gonna have to close uh, the bridges for at least two days. I don't know if you noticed if you saw this after I had uh post that uh a picture or that. Post I had about having tickets for sale for the Eagles game. Uh-huh. You see what your brother posted? Yeah, he's trying to be funny. Uh-huh. I said to him, be careful what you wish for there, buddy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. By the time by the time we get to them, they could be like a shot fighter, man. Oh man, look. They're gonna be they're gonna be like, who's next? Who we play you this know? week? DeVito's gonna be coming in there, boy. Don't, don't let them beat the Saints. Holy mackerel. Sheesh. They're we gonna beat the Saints. We're all gonna be wearing Italian colors, man. They're gonna beat the Saints, I'm telling you. That's gonna okay. happen. All right. All right. I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it. I'm 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 root, kind of rooting for them in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Them, man. Actually, I'm kind of rooting for all of these new quarterbacks. Um, as we watch this phenomenon unfold when starting quarterbacks go down and become a matter of attrition by the end of the year, who's got a quarterback standing, you know, left. It's a starter. Other than that, all back. it's funny because, yeah, it's, it's really funny because so many starters have gone down that we're kind of getting a look at all different makes and models of backup quarterbacks. Backups, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got the rookie that wasn't expecting to play at all. You know, you got you got an old veteran that should have been retired, got up off his couch and came in. And one. And one. Yeah. You got guys that have been languishing on the bay on the bench for three, four years. Nick Mullen. And now all of a sudden they got to put their helmet on and get out there. So this, this is a great study in the greatest job in the NFL. Greatest job in the NFL. More money, more money. You got to give them more money. Some of them are going to get more money, too. Some of them are going to get more money, no doubt about it. Mr. DeVito might get some nice money. So, all right, Ben. I got it all worked out. They keep DeVito. Uh-huh. They trade Jones because somebody will take him. It's, it's not going to be easy with that contract. If they get rid of Daniel Jones, they keep DeVito, they draft the quarterback in this draft coming up. 
And the last mock I saw had them taking the kid from LSU that just won the Heisman. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you got the kid from LSU just won the Heisman, but he's not projected to be the number one quarterback off the board. No, he's not. That's Caleb. So, Right. But neither was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> okay. Ah, in interesting. Interesting analogy there. That's my comparison. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Eagles at Seahawks. Buyers plus score 2.9 favors the Eagles. However, Ben is going with the Seahawks. Yep. 12th man. Oh, I hadn't even thought about the 12th man. That means that Hertz is going to have to come in here with his uh, sign language. Yep. Silent counts and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Well, Benny, that wraps up the Bias Plus reports. And what does that mean? It's time for the Bias Plus Buster of the Week. Congrats for the Bias Plus score of 37. Oh, all right. The New York freaking Jets, man. The only team I had any family that played for. Put some respect on that man's name, Zachary Wilson. Zach Wilson. Playing like he might want to be there. Now they, is they keep, if they keep winning, what did uh, Nick say on, um, on, on the one show? He said, they win another game or two. Tell Aaron Rodgers he better strap it up if he's talking about being ready by the end of the season. We might get a chance to see a little bit of Aaron out there if they keep winning like this. Uh, well, he's supposed to be cleared to practice. Right, exactly. Exactly. So a little Aaron Voodoo. We shall see if we get a chance to see Aaron Rodgers. But in the meantime, it's all about Zach Wilson. Congrats on the Bias Plus Buster of the Week for Week 14 of the season, Benny. That's crazy. That is too, too crazy. Enjoying it. Enjoying that. Okay. That wraps up the schedule. Uh, no, the only thing I wanted to, to say, Benny, is, let's see if I can, yeah, there we go. Just want to say, Rest in peace to Frank Wycheck. He's from Philly. A native of Philadelphia. Played in Maryland. Taken in the sixth round by the Washington team. Played for the Titans. Was one of the key figures in the Music City Miracle. So, and they say he fell and hit his head or something like that. Yeah. Kind of a freak accident, you know. So, kind of crazy, but very young. You know, to be uh, moving on like that, to be passing away. So, condolences to his family. All right, that's it for me. Anything good? You? That's it. Peace.